Thank you. So um, I'll go ahead and read the Native American land acknowledgments. It says, we meet today in the community of Iowa City, which now occupies the homelands of the Native American nations to whom we owe our commitment and dedication. The area of Iowa City was within the homelands of the Iowa, Meskwaki, and Sauk. And because history is complex and time goes far, beyond, far back beyond memory, we also acknowledge the ancient connections of many of many other indigenous peoples here. The history of a broken of broken treaties and forced removal that dispossessed indigenous peoples of their homelands was and is an act of colonization and genocide that we cannot erase. We implore the Iowa City community to commit to understanding and addressing these injustices as we work toward equity, restoration, and reparations. Um, next, we'll go to the approval of the meeting minutes from January 5th, but first, I believe I open it up to um, public discussion? No, not for this one. Okay, so go ahead, Stephanie. Uh, I move to approve the minutes. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Do I have a second? Yeah, a second. Thank you. Properly moved and seconded to approve the meeting minutes from January 5th, 2023. Commissioner Harris? Yes. Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Krebs? Yes. Commissioner Merritt? Yes. Commissioner Gathua? Yes. Commissioner Traore? Yes. Motion passes 6-0. Thank you, Stephanie. Um, we'll now move on to public comment of items not on the agenda. Just remember that we're not going to engage with discussion with the public concerning said items. Is there anyone in the public that would like to speak at this moment in the audience? If you would like to speak, go ahead and come to the uh, microphone and state your name and let us just go ahead. Yeah, hello. Uh, my name is Yawavi Bunyo. Uh, I was fired in my job. I worked in, for Dyer Company, uh, senior um, Dyer Senior Living Legacy Garden. Uh, I started work there since March 27, 2018. And then in November 14, they suspended me. And November 18, they fired me. So I'm here to share what happened exactly there, and then they fired me. On Tuesday, November 1, 2022, CMA, Certified medication aid, second shift, who switched the shift with me wrote down zero for the morphine syringes when we were counting the narcotics. She told me that the morphine syringes ran out and the nurse named Julie did not fill them up before she left. I would like to say that Julie never allowed the CMA to draw the medication from the bottle to the syringes, especially narcotics. Even though I never did that as a CMA, if not, she could tell me to do that when she filled up air in the syringes, because she did that before. That night, 
I did not give morphine, morphine to the resident that she scheduled because we ran out of it. I only gave lorazepam to the residents. And then the, she slept well the whole night and she did not fall before I got out at 7 a.m. The next day, on Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022, the DON from Legacy Point, Sean, called me. She wanted to know why I did not give morphine to the residents. I explained to her the situation and she said it was okay and that was fine to speak to you. And because of that, they suspended me uh, November 14. And November 18, when the one meet me for the discussion, she, they told me that I failed, I made the medication error, and then I failed to give, to administer the medication to the resident, my whole, my anti shift, and then I refused to report that to the nurse on call. And if I report, the nurse on call will show me how to fill up the syringes like I delegate to do. But to be honest, like morphine is narcotic, they never allowed this, the certificate, certificate medication aid to touch the bottle. Always the hospice and the nurse fill up the syringes and count them and put them in the in the bag and then we lock that we, we lock that in the bottle in the med car. I never did that. And then that day, like they accused me for that, I told them that I disagree. And then the the, the, the statement that they handle to me to sign up, I refuse. I told her that it was it wasn't my job. That was her job. So she didn't do her job before she left the facility. First. And second time, the second shift maid manager didn't do her job. Because if you use the last syringe, like she was the one who used the last morphine syringe, she's supposed to report that to the, to the nurse. So they're both supposed to, to fix the issue before me, I got there 10.30 p.m. And then they told me to sign up the statement that they handled to me right away. I asked them to, to make a copy for me. And then, so if I got home, I can understand everything before I send up, my, I, send, I put my signature and bring them back to them. But they continue to, to tell me to, to sit down and sign the, the, the statement before I left the facility. That the one thing I noticed before those things happen, in July, since to July, we work short. Before this, we have two sides, Willow and ELMS. And then they schedule for the night three or four people. But in July, they stopped that. They schedule just one for each side. 
When we had a meeting in July 21st, I told them that I didn't feel comfortable for that because I'm a, I was the only maid manager there and then I covered every night the both sides for them. And then we have 16 residents in one side and 12 in, in other sides. So it was too much for me because before they put one head in each side and then I'm the only maid manager, so I cover the both sides. So that means I float the night. Now they refuse, they put me just in one side and then another staff, my coworker in other sides. So that means I have to cover the both sides and, where, and do the other job in the same time. Toileting the resident at night, respond the call light. If somebody need the, need the medication as needed, I did that. If somebody had a boil movement, I have to do the shower for that person. And you know, uh, legacy garden is memory care. That was too much for me. I could not handle that anymore. And then we have two assists in the facility. I told them, like I was there by myself, I can't, I can't change, I could not change that person by myself. And then I feel uh, comfort, I didn't feel comfortable to leave the resident in the urine the whole night until morning, and then if the first shift got there, we can change the resident. They didn't do anything about it. They continued to schedule the, like that, one, one, since July until October. October 14, 2022, when I got the work, when we were counting the narcotics, I noticed that the nurse made a mistake. They fill up the six syringes with lorazepam. Three of them was correct, were correct, and three were, were, were filled, one were filled with 0.1 milliliter, and two others of the syringes were filled with air. I told her, the second sheet made manager to call her and let her know because it's not my job. She was there, she, 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 she was there. She called the nurse, the nurse said it's not possible. She said that it's not possible because she's, she feel everything correct before she left. And then, like I said, made many a second shift to check with me and then she said, you, you correct. And then she, the nurse asked, asked, asked her to, to take the picture and send them to her. She took the picture, she sent to her, and then she sent, the nurse sent another person from Legacy Point, because it's a two building, she sent another maid manager to come and double check. She came and then she confirmed. She called the nurse and let her know. I was there by myself the night, uh, around 1, 1.30 a.m., the nurse came in the facility and fixed everything. But she looks unhappy because she drove almost one hour that night and came and fixed the, the problem. October 26, 2022, early morning, because me, I work night shift, that was Tuesday, early morning, uh, Stephanie from the agency department of uh, the agency people came in the facility for inspection, she came that morning and then she, she spoke with me in the end of my shift. 
She asked, when, when she came, I called the nurse and called and let her know. At seven o'clock in the end of my shift, we, 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 we spoke together. She asked me about the residents and the staff. I told her that we worked since July short. And then I suggested her, if we can, we, they, can, they can schedule three people, at least three people, that would be fine. After that, when I give a call to the nurse, she didn't pick up my call anymore. And that time, so I noticed that, and then she didn't give me a call back. But why? So, because, the, because of those things, when that, 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 that thing happened November, November 1st, November 1st, that she didn't feel the syringes, the next day, the next day, the, 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 they say, because I didn't give morphine to the resident, the resident, it's like the resident for them, because of morphine, the resident have rest, restlessness, so she fell and then she cut her head. But it's, it's not clear for me. If you didn't feel the syringes, and then me, I didn't give that syringe, that, that, that medication to the resident, it wasn't my fault. And then nothing proved that because, because I didn't give the, the, the morphine to the resident, that's why the resident fell. There is a memory care. And then I remember properly when me, I got to the work that night, my coworker told me the resident fell. I asked them why she fell. They said she moved, she moved on the bed, that's where she fell. And then like me, I was there by myself. If I got the work, I want everything to be clear for me. So I asked them that night to go so we can do rounds, so I can check everybody to make sure everybody was in their room before they left. When we arrived in, in, in the room where the resident was, was, room 115, I was surprised to see the resident on the floor in her mattress. I asked my coworker why she lay down on the floor. She told me again, she moved a lot on the bed, that's why the nurse and the hospice decided to put her on the floor. So, to not worry about that. Now they accused me for something me I, I didn't do. I don't know why they accused me for that and then they no warning and then they suspended me and then they fired me like that. Me, I was there, I worked for them hard. Sometimes they leave me there with the dying people. I was there by myself, take care of the person I took the resident with like my, my own parents. I stayed by myself with a die, die person. The person passed. I, I rolled the, the corpse by myself because I was there by myself. Cleaned the person, did everything for, 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 for the, the, the lady. Now, in the end, the, the, that's why they say thank you to me. But I, I, I don't know. If you see the paper that they handed to me to fire me, 
me, I'm from Africa, but nobody gonna fire me in my home country like that. The, the, the paper, no, 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 uh, uh, the company name, no address, no phone number, nothing. So finally, it's like uh, they just use me and throw me away. Yeah, because for me, it's like they just try to find something against me to fire me because first she was unhappy because I was the person who always noticed the mistake and then we called her. She drove an hour to come. She was unhappy a second time because I, I, I spoke with the, with, the, with the agency people, Stephanie, because we worked short. Because one thing I noticed when I spoke with her, the next week they sent something immediately to me to train. I trained somebody for them next week. Then the, the next week again, they sent another person for me to train for them. So now they have the mid manager so they can fire me. They just use me and throw me away like that. And then they continue to lie against me. I applied for unemployment. They denied, like, they, they, they denied, denied it. The, the administrative law judge spoke with me, with, with us. First time, they sent me a note that I was eligible to take the, the benefit, to, to have the benefits. And then they appeal again. When I tried to explain everything to them, we had a hearing last Friday, uh, January 13. They sent me the note today that I, I, I have to pay back. That was my fault. They continue to accuse me. And then the nurse lied against me like uh, she briefed. I don't know why she lied like that. She told the, the administrative law judge that, we, that she scheduled four morphine that night but it wasn't for morphine syringes. That was two doses and two lorazepam and two morphine. But I give lorazepam to that resident. Why, why, why we give lorazepam to the resident? It's for anxiety and agitation. And then that resident, she slept the whole night. But when in the, our, our hearing, she continued to lie. That, so that was the four doses. That the whole night I didn't give anything to the resident. And then for that, they sent me the note today to pay back. I disagree for that. And then I wasn't the first person the, 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 the fire that way. The fire two black, one July, one person in, in, in August, no warning. And then I was the third person. I disagree for that. It's a, it's, a, it's a discrimination, retaliation. It's not good at all. You can wake up somebody, you can employ somebody, and then you wake up one morning, and then you fire that person like that. I had a shock. Uh, until now, I didn't feel good at all. Because I know from my heart that I work hard for them. I love my residents. And then I didn't, I didn't do anything bad there. They didn't, they didn't, like me, if I can say that, because in March 2022, last 2022, the same nurse did this, did something horrible. I didn't work February 14, but when the state the state people came in the facility, she switched the the, the schedule. That was another person, but they put my name there. 
the, the state people, Stephanie called me, gave me a call. I told her it wasn't me. I didn't work that night. But the nurse continued to tell her in the phone, that was me, that was Yawavi. I said no, I said everything. She said no, that was me. And then they continued to ask me the question about the resident. I told her I, I, it wasn't me. Because the, the resident felt that night, they tried to, to, to put me in the trouble. I, I explained everything, she said no. When I hang up with them, I called the person who worked that night. And then the person confirmed that that was her. I called back, I want to talk to the agency people. That nurse said no, she refused categorically. She refused me to talk to the, to the to agency, uh, to Stephanie. So why, why she can, she can, she can, it's, 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 it's not fair. It's not fair at all. So that's why now I see it's like she just want to put me in the trouble. It's not good at all. You can do that. You could, she could not do the thing like that. Me because I was always quiet. I, 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 I don't like the problem. And then since I worked there almost five years, I never had a problem with anybody. They never warned me. I never made the medication error, never, because I know my job, because I was arrested in my home country before to move in this country. Because of English, I have to start over. So I know, I was explained to them, I know what I was doing there. I was in, this, in the medicine field since 2008. So I know what is morphine, I know what is lorazepam. Uh, uh, Morphine is not for, it's for, not for everybody. That's why they, 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 they protect that. It's not something you can, everybody can manipulate. No, it's for the for pharmacists or the nurse or the RN to, to do that. Me, I'm just the CMA. I just am a medication aide. That's why they never allow us to touch the bottle. And then we respect that. It's not because I was RN so I can do whatever I want in this country. No, so they don't respect us at all. They don't care, especially me, they don't care about me. They don't trust me. So it's, it's, it's very hard. Yeah, that's what I want to share with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else in the audience that would like to speak? Yeah, my, my husband. She's my wife. Mm -hmm. You, you may come up and speak. Thank you very much. My name is Paul Landupo, and um, I graduate from the University of Lome in the Department of Geography. I have my PhD from Togo. And as you may know, we came from Africa, where uh, I think people from this country think, excuse me to say that, they think that we came from a forest where we do not have a brain, we do not have a, a head to think about what, uh, what we can do or what we can say. Because my wife is not somebody who they can throw away like a garbage or like a trash. You know, somebody who works with you since 2018, and since, uh, I, I will say, March 27, 2018, and November 14, 2022, 
you just send her a text message saying that you do not have to put your, your feet or your foot on our floor until we meet you. And, and what she tried to call them and send the text message and they did not reply to the text message until she asked them three questions. Why did you suspend me? And how long it will take? Will this suspension will be paid or not? I asked her to send three questions to them. And when they got the question, they respond. Say, okay, so you can come tomorrow and we will talk to you about that. Once she got there, they tried to lie against her. What she didn't do. She knows what she's doing. And what I will say is that when she got a call from unemployment like Ayua Works, the first lawyer, I think she understood what she said. And even they appeal saying that she works from October 31st, 2022 until November the 1st. And she never worked on Mondays, unfortunately. She never works on Mondays. So they lie against her. And the first lawyer saw that she was telling the truth. Unfortunately, last Friday, the one who was spoke with her didn't like it was like misunderstanding. Now we are here, we need your support. We need your support. I know what you are doing. You are doing a great job in this country. And you will give us some evidence, some proof that you are doing a great job in this country. I trust you. So what I want to say is that I didn't know my wife had this talent in her. She, should, she, should, she, she stood up for herself when I was not expecting her. So I have to congratulate her. She is trying to defend herself, to improve herself. And for that, she needs all your help. I was not at home when she took phone calls and she tried to explain to them, even he need to improve her English speak, her English language. But so far, she's doing a very, very good job because she, she, they try to understand her. And actually, when I tell this story about Legacy Garden, everyone says it is a bad place to work and that the leadership is not serious. I've heard that they have great lawyers in this country. I had the courage to tell to the colleague that the lawyers of lawyer took control because he doesn't like to lie and he hated it. I would like to ask you to support my wife one more time. And so those who are left will no longer suffer injustice and racism in this business. Thank you, everyone, and God bless you. Thank you. Is there anyone else um, in this room that would like to speak? Anyone online, joining us online, that would like to speak on any items that are not on the agenda? OK. Well, we'll move on to item number six which is a practical guide to planning collaborative initiatives to advance racial equity, section, edi ed section edition 2022 discussion. Um, 
This is a book that we've been working through. Um, is there anyone in the audience or in the room or online that would like to comment on this book at all? Or this line item? Okay, I'll open up to commissioners. Is there anyone that would like to jump on the discussion? Mohammed, did you want to start the discussion on this? I don't know if, if you're speaking, we can't hear you. Does any commissioners in this room have anything they want to say? I believe we're on section two. Thank you. Um, if there's nothing to discuss at this time, we can um, table it for the next but the next it meeting. Looks like um, there might be tech. Let's see what's going on here. Oh, no, we, oh. we still can't hear you, Mohammed. We could previously, so I don't know what happened. We'll just give it a moment to figure this out. If you want to go ahead and try to switch devices, you can also do that as well, Mohammed. While we're working to figure this out, are we okay to move on to the next one and then come back? Oh, never mind. Go ahead, um, if you can hear us, Mohammed. Um, oh, we can now. We can hear you. If you want to start over, it's really. But it's very faint. It's faint. Yeah, I'm saying that I'm going. To, I'm adding this to our shared drive so that it's in for the record, and then also in there for this. Okay, you're adding um, your uh, discussion um, notes to the shared drive, is that what I heard? Yeah, the summary. The summary, okay. Um, for some reason, it's really hard for us to hear on this end. I don't know what happened, but um, is, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Um, no, not from there. Um, now I'm just opening the document to share live with all of you. Okay. Did everyone hear that? As, I, as far as I heard, as you said, you're just um, you're sharing the notes, and um, we can continue discussion moving forward in the next meetings. Is that correct? That's essentially what I have. I have like a page and a half of this. Uh, okay. Thank you so much for providing those notes for us, um, and we will dive into a deeper discussion at the next meeting. And we'll attach it to. We'll attach it to so. the agenda. All right. 
So um, we will move on to item number seven, which is, it just says excluded workers. Um, I will go ahead and, I mean, is there anyone in the room that would like to speak on this? Okay, anyone on in the uh, online that would like to speak about this item? All right, we'll move on and I'm gonna let Eric take the. <clears throat> okay, so I decided that um, I wanted to put this on the agenda because we haven't had this on the agenda for a while, so I want to update the progress and kind of give a little backstory about how we um, supported the school workers and what was the result of that. Um, so first of all, I would say um, as school workers, to explain how that whole thing started was, you know, during the pandemic times, there were people who worked during the pandemic, but, you know, they were not you know, legal U.S. citizens at the time. So they might have worked through the pandemic, they may have lost hours, they have, may have worked more hours. And so when the pandemic relief funds were, were being passed out, those people were excluded from that because they didn't have the proper documents to say that they were American citizens. But, you know, at times, you know, when people, you know, during the pandemic, a lot of people ate fast food a lot because, you know, People were trying, and those were the people who were in those kitchens and who were in there cooking and things like that. So we led a whole campaign. We were always, you know, every week I would give an update. Me and a couple of other people on this commission, I would say Commissioner Treore, Commissioner Johnson, we attended events over at the Iowa Catholic Worker House because that's what the center of it was at. You know, that's where they help people. And it was a long, long, long campaign. You know, basically what happened was the U.S. government had gave counties and cities money for the American Rescue Plan. And the cities and the counties were supposed to rescue the people who suffered during the pandemic. Well, they had other plans. You know, they wanted to give money to places that didn't need money. They wanted to give money to places that already had enough money they didn't want to help the individual people because they were worried about their immigration status and they put up all type of barriers there were lots of different insults and things that were said by city officials now we're going to get past that part so what happened at the end we ended up working it out i ended up helping out a lot um and those people ended up getting 1400 a lot of checks and it was a lot of speculation, like what are these people going to do with the fourteen hundred dollar checks? You know, it was even it was it, it, it was either it was even city officials saying, "What are they going to send the money back to another country?" and things like that. And it's just it, it's on the record. You know, if we ever go, you ever want to go back and look at some things, you can see that it's on the record. And um, so those those people ended up getting that money, and then later on, I think earlier, I think in the fall time or maybe in December, the people told stories about what they did with the money. And it was pretty interesting. So that's why I wanted to get this update because I don't think we ever talked about what the people that gave interviews on TV about like what they did with the money. Some people fixed their roofs, some people fixed their trailers, some people paid back bills that they had from pandemic times. Um, it was just amazing just to hear what people did with the money. Some people fixed their vehicles. You know, just things that they couldn't get fixed because, you know, they may have lost their job because of the pandemic. They may have, 
you know, just lost opportunities. They didn't get all that pandemic money that people got, you know, during that time. You know, it was a fourteen hundred. It was lots of three, I think, two or three rounds of checks that people got. And so, I just want to uh, like just bring up that and just like update that because we did, you know, as the um, like as a commission, we had wrote a letter of support for them and we supported them during that time. So, and I haven't really and we haven't really brought that up, you know. So I just wanted to bring that up, and also. Um, and like I said, the testimony from people was like, it, you know, it paid my light bill, it paid my gas bill, just to hear what happened, you know, that was a good thing. But I also want to bring up too, um, this is the last thing I'm going to bring up, is how the Iowa Cactus Worker House, which is located on 113 South Johnson Street, I believe. So what they're doing right now is that um, it's a lot of meat, it's a lot of meat packing plants, you know, around Eastern Iowa, and a lot of people from Johnson County and Muscatine and you know Louisa County, they all work there and they're people from, and it's not just um Latinos, it's Africans as well. So at, if you go to 113 Johnson Street, it's the Iowa Catholic Worker House and they have and and they, they have French translators and they have Spanish translators. And what they've done is they got a grant from the USDA and they got these people, you know, because a lot of people suffered in those meatpacking plants, you know, during the pandemic and a lot of people died. And so those people didn't get like that relief as well. So what they did is they got these people $600 checks and they came back with the same testimony. Oh, I paid my light bill that was passed due. It's about to shut my lights off. And, and so I just want to make people aware of the Iowa Cactus Worker House. It's at 113 Johnson Street, downtown Iowa City, right across from Green Square Park. If you know of some people that work in those meat packing plants, there's a lot of people that live in Johnson County that work in those meat packing plants. If you know of anybody and they want to try to apply for that grant, send them down to the Iowa Cactus Workhouse. And with that, I yield. Thanks for the update. Yep. Is there any other uh, discussion that we view we need to have on this topic? Is there anything that you think we need to be doing, Eric? Um, just just keep supporting them because we already wrote our like like our letter of, like of support, and I've also um, made sure you know because I kind of been the ambassador from the TRC over there because I was you know I was over there a lot. I helped out with a lot, so just I would just say that we will periodically just have updates on how they're doing and things like that because I keep in touch with them so thanks for bringing it back to the table yeah yeah <coughs> this commissioner Wangui I just want to thank Eric for always keeping us updated on on excluded workers and how their progress has been since the beginning and to add that maybe you mentioned it and I didn't hear it, but when you're saying how uh, uh, some of the beneficiaries spent the money, uh, it's great to hear that it circulated in our community, our Iowa City and Johnson County communities, and we are the better for it, although uh, it wasn't an easy journey and thank you, Eric, for being our point person for that. And personally, I also want to repeat that 
I coordinate NISA African Family Services in Eastern Iowa, and our offices are in Iowa City. We are part of the partners and organizations who, who have supported this journey. And at the same time, our clients and the African refugees and immigrants are uh, um, some of the beneficiaries of this fund. Thank you. Commissioner Krebs, I just want to say thank you too because that was before my time with with the TRC, and um, your guys' support was really important. I watched that play out in real time. A lot of these people, uh, they don't have health care, and they were scared to go to the doctor, and they went to work sick, and um, you know, so it, it wasn't a good situation. Some of them probably paid off hospital bills with that money. Mm -hmm. oh, so yeah. I appreciate you guys going to bat and standing up for people. Yep. Uh, this is Commissioner Merritt. Um, this was also before my time, um, but I was need to go back to some of the records that you're talking about because it's a little disconcerting if you have city officials or anybody asking what how they're going to spend the money when nobody else was ever asked about how are you going to spend the money that you received or were there any Mm -hmm. um, restrictions, you know, provided, you know, as to, if you're going to get this money, you have to do this. That That is not how the funds worked. And so it's, it, it is concerning that uh, because of their status that anybody was questioning, you know, what they were going to do with the money when that was not um, a guideline. Yeah, and I was just at... Um and when we worked on that whole campaign, and I just told them something simple, and that's what I just told them simply. They're going to take that money, and they're going to spend that right back into the Johnson County economy. And I told them that, and then when the people gave the whole testimony, I was like, see? There's probably somebody in Johnson County fixed their roof. Somebody in Johnson County probably fixed their car. That, you know, because that was the point of the rescue funds is to stimulate the economy because these people need these things that's in this county you know who cares what they spend the money on whether it's a roof or a light bill because you know thank you thank you um so we'll go ahead and move on to the iowa city um, community school district elementary school performance incident and just um list any updates with that but first i'd love to open it up for discussion with our with people in the room there's anyone online as well that would like to comment on this agenda item? Okay. We can go ahead and discuss as commissioners. Um, updates. Sorry, I was writing notes. Um, so I um, sent out the letter the SCAL has put together and the letter of support from the TRC. Um, sent that out to different members of the school board and the list of people that were on the letter. Um, uh, Matt Degner did um, get in touch with me via email and is um, uh, was apologetic and wants to meet. And um, um, so it seems that everyone, again, is still being supportive, so that's really good. Um, I'm working on getting something together with Matt. And... Of course, the um, school board meeting is on the 24th at 6 o'clock. So this upcoming Tuesday, 
Um, it's at the Professional Development Center of the Educational Services Center. The address is 1725 North Dodge Street. Um, I know Sakalis and I at least will be attending that. And maybe Lauren? Yep. Just curious, I was trying to look for the agenda. Do you know what, um, what, where you are on the agenda? Um, I have not looked at their agenda, to okay. be honest with you. Okay. Um, um, I would like to be there um, and just in support. Um, I just needed to figure out my schedule, so I'll try to be there. Thank you. Yeah, just a question. I think I have, it's through Stephanie and you, Commissioner Dillard. Mm -hmm. Can we receive this through an email, please? Uh, what is part? It the information about the meeting uh, the, with the board. Yes, we can send an, an, you want an email about the, where the, just that all information, the information? because, yeah. yeah, yeah. We can do that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. We've got um, we to be sure about who's all going because, you oh. know, can't have more than five. You can't have more than five people? I don't think. I... In the room or, or talking? I don't know. I, I will just be there. I will just be there for support. Let me check on that, and I'll give an answer tomorrow. Okay, because yeah, I know some. Because uh, I know with the Arbor Catholic Worker thing, I, we used to have those okay. issues sometimes. Well, that's good more to know. Than no more than five, I think. Well, it was something there, I don't know. That might have been by design, but um, <laughs> there are ways that you can be in the same place mm -hmm. and, and just, but not be functioning as a. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some silly, it's silly. I think we can't be discussing things. Is that correct? So, so other <laughs> you, people you can know. go up and speak, but we cannot be, you know, discussing things amongst ourselves. Not in a quorum. But we can all be in the same room together as long as we're not saying anything. In groups of I'm sitting pairs. <laughs> away from each other, six feet. Well, I don't know the exact well, rule, but I know it's something. <laughs> we'll get the information from mm -hmm. yeah. from Stephanie about it. Yeah, well, yeah. Did you want to clarify anything, Steph? Well, well, I, I I think if Stephanie Bowers goes to a school board meeting as Stephanie Bowers, and and you can give your you know your pedigree. You know, I'm a member of the TRC. Um, um, I'm here too. Um, I I think that there would be more problems if you if you say something like and we came here tonight mm -hmm. because technically this kind of is commission business you know um so i think it's it's important to to individualize that makes sense okay. we won't worry about it. is there anything else that um, we can be of help with before this meeting or just showing up and supporting showing up and support would be awesome okay very much appreciated. Mm -hmm. Will do. Any other discussion on this line item? Okay. We will move on to the facilitator services proposal. But first, I'd love to open it up again to the public in the room or online. Anyone want to speak? Okay. So um, facilitator service proposal, we just wanted an update. Um, we did get an email from Annie Tucker, um, which I can read. Um, and then Stephanie, if you had any other additional updates, feel free. Okay. 
So if you hadn't seen this already, um, Annie wrote, Dear Commissioners, uh, regretfully, none of us on the team from the Facilitator Services proposal are available tonight to attend the TRC meeting. We know the Facilitator Service proposal is on your agenda. We want to let you know what we have heard from the city regarding the processing of the proposal. In response to our questions, Jeff Ruin responded on Friday, January 13th, that the city is currently reviewing the proposals and expects to have a number of questions for us we have not received them yet they hope to get the answers from us by the end of the month at that point they expect to return to the trc to confirm that you understand it and don't want to explore any further changes from there he said they will plan to have the agreements with the facilitator entities ready to present to the city council that is what we know about the process right now as always if you have questions or if some of you want to meet with us please feel free to email one or all of us thank you Annie Tucker for the people and in entities involved in the facilitator service proposal. Um, so th those are the updates we have now. Um, it has been a while since I've met with anyone on the team. So um, if anyone is interested, we can set up some meetings to talk with the team if that's if anyone has any questions. Um, this would be outside of, you know, in not in quorum outside of the meeting. So. Mm -hmm. Any other discussion on this item? The, the only other thing I would add is that we, we do have some city staff meetings set up around it, and so I, I would know more at that point. Okay, thank you. Um, if there's nothing else to discuss, we can go ahead to um, announcements of commissioners and staff, and I'll start with uh, Steph. I don't, I don't think I have anything, um, but I will say this. Sometimes you're, if you're wondering why you get spam emails I can't filter like they're just going on the site and seeing that and so if you get an email that makes no sense to you it's it's probably a spam email mm -hmm. that's not being captured by the the junk or spam folder so and commissioners any announcements okay if there's no announcements um, I'm sorry uh, Muhammad do you have any announcements Oh, he, he, he said okay, he I see. It. Yeah, and then we will um, get that sent out to everyone. Thank you very much. Okay, um, is there a motion to adjourn? I move. Is there a second? Second. Okay, thank you, everyone.